everyone. My name's Alan, and I'm going to answer some questions from the April 10 webinar. I'm really glad that you attended, and we all appreciate that, and I'm happy to be able to answer uh, your questions as best as I can. I've already answered a number of them uh, that came in by email. These others uh, were a very long list, and just assume this would be the fastest way to get the answers to you, and that other people may be interested in the answers as well. Before I begin, let me just remind you, because I was asked uh, by uh, listeners to respond to this, uh, how can you get the 90-day free trial to the ITR Trends Report? The answer is to text TR space trial to 33777, 23 uh, TR space trial. Uh, if you go to our website, I believe that can also uh, be done that way, itreconomics.com. All right, let's get to work. There are a lot of questions uh, on uh, GDP. And so let's start there. GDP in the uh, third quarter, GDP, what's it gonna look like? Uh, and, and numerous questions around there. One of the questions was, why does our GDP dollar amount look so much lower than other sources? And the answer to that's uh, straightforward. We use a deflated series. We do not like uh, the inflated series because inflation makes things look better. Uh, than they actually are. When you deflate it, you get a consistency. So we use the deflated. That answers that question. When we look at uh, GDP itself, we have a, a third quarter rise uh, that is milder than normal, milder than the last four years, and just, just a whisker better than the third quarter of 2009. And then for the fourth quarter, our estimate of increase is based upon the fourth quarter of 2009, where we were coming out of uh, that horrific recession. So, you know, we, we went back in that time period. The three-month moving average, as you know, is going to reach a low in June 2020. It's a normal six-month decline, and then we're going to see it move up to the middle of 22, where there's just one quarter of very mild slippage, not enough to count for a recession. There is, uh, this is not another Great Recession or Great Depression. There are a number of questions on that. We are not looking for that. We're different than other folks because the numbers just don't support it. Now, I know that it's easy to read where it's gonna take years to recover and all the rest of that, but we think we're gonna to return to growth on GDP by the middle of, of 21. Not years from now, uh, just you know, a little over a year from now, we'll be back, be back to growth. That we're not gonna need a vaccine before the economy starts back up again. Uh, that's never happened, and as we see new cases uh, waning, and as we see deaths spike today, but uh, it's becoming a much less common occurrence. We went a whole week with uh, deaths below the, the peak that we saw in early April. Uh, there's no need to think that there's going to be you know, upward of 600,000 uh, people killed by this. We all know, I suspect we all know by now, that 90.7% uh, of the deaths, according to the CDC statistics that I last looked at, this could have changed by now, are people over the age of 55, and it's over, I think it's right around 72% or over the age of 65, and there's comorbidity issues. So uh, this is gonna pass. There's no reason to expect that this is gonna change the world forever, and we're not going to see any uh, sunlight or the economy rebound. We talked about how there's COVID, and that is a temporary problem because it just will pass. This is not a lifelong plague. It may come back around sometime, and we may have vaccines and we may have uh, preventative measures just like we do for the flu. It's no guarantee, but it's a help. We looked at the stimulus spending by the uh, uh, Congress. We looked at stimulus measures by the Federal Reserve Board. Those are extraordinary. They're also gonna keep us from 
that great recession, great depression scenario. And we looked at our leading indicators. Now, one of the questions was, all right, COVID's moving so fast, maybe your data is lagging behind and is no longer accurate. But that's a reasonable uh, question. So, but when we go back in time, when we go back to other bounces, when we go back to other fear events, we find that the leading indicators were useful. The leading indicators were helpful as to what was going on. So there's no reason to expect that this will be any different. Now, I know that this is a double black swan event, but it is not a new world. Uh, and the numbers are, are working. And some of the lead indicators have not held, which show that they respond and others are, are working just fine. And the stock market so far this month has been uh, returning to a bull market, not consistent, but certainly has rebounded some from the trough. We're up 23.8% from the March 23 trough on the S&P 500 industrials. That's not a complete recovery, obviously, but we're up 549.55 points uh, as compared to the decline of 1,148.75 points. So, I mean, we're making our way back. Uh, that should provide for some encouragement. Will we see a lot of inflation in 2020 and in 2021? No, we're not looking for a lot of inflation in 2020 or 2021. Uh, we're going to be talking about fiat currency and the creation of inflation and the longer term impact um, in the future. You can track that on our website. We, you may get an email on that, but the reality is uh, don't worry about that. That's not a near term uh, issue. Um, and your inflationary pressures are going to come more in the second half of this decade, which is something that we've talked about in, in the past. Okay. When we look at the, uh, the, the Great Depression scenario, our forecast from prosperity in the age of decline that Brian and I uh, have had out there since 2014, that, no, this is not going to be it now, 10 years earlier. And no, it's not really likely to bring in uh, the timing from 2030 to, say, 2027 or something like that. That's the second most popular question behind GDP. Uh, we don't think so because it's not a question of the dollar amount. That's always the sub-question is, what dollar amount will be enough to cause the Great Depression? It's not about the dollar amount. And what uh, is the percent of GDP that would cause the Great Depression? It's not about the percent of GDP. If it was in Japan, probably would have fallen over by now into a Great Depression of its own. It's about confidence. It's about the confidence that people have in the debt. And the more that people believe in the emperor's new clothes, the longer that he can walk around naked. And uh, that's pretty much what will be going on as we go forward. We don't see that changing anytime soon. Again, uh, in the venue of answering questions, uh, that hopefully that will suffice. Follow our website, and you'll probably find us talking about that more in the, in the future. So about the oil industry, that was on somebody's mind. And certainly that's why we think, one of the reasons why we think industrial production will be in a 12-month moving average decline until late 2020, more likely early 21. Uh, that and the auto industry, those are both big factors in industrial production and manufacturing will in general be feeling uh, that uh, downward pressure. Um, oil is, uh, despite the attempted detente that Saudi Arabia and Russia had and the rest of OPEC and the United States seemingly coming in to help with Mexico's problem with 400,000 barrel a day reduction. It's, it's a slippery thing because the very next day, Saudi Arabia, while agreeing to cut production, slashed prices uh, on sales to Asia. They raised prices to the US, which made Russia happy, but they slashed prices to Asia, which made Russia unhappy, very unhappy, as they both buy for that important marketplace. So this is going to be continued difficulty on the U.S. market. Uh, 
if this becomes worse and this continues for another 60 to 90 days, then, then we may have to change our industrial production forecast, which is why I really would like you to track us through the TR uh, Trends Report. You'll know immediately about changes. Uh, subscribers always get the information first. Uh, so please follow along with the 90 days for free. You're treated like a subscriber and you'll be able to know what's going on. Uh, I have no idea how many people are on ventilators in the United States. Sorry about that. Retail sales was a question. Could I repeat the forecast? We're looking for the 12 month moving total of retail sales to move downward. Uh, nothing like 2008 and 9. 2008 and 9 was three times steeper than what we're forecasting now, but moved downward again till late 2020, early 21. And that's largely because even though governors are now talking about lifting uh, stay at homes and allowing businesses to begin to spool up again, we don't know the plan. And we're assuming there'll be uh, some segment of the population which is still hesitant, which will still be afraid. You'll be people wearing masks long after they don't need masks. They'll be staying six feet away long after they don't need to stay six feet away. Uh, and, we're, and we're gonna find that it's, it, a larger part of the population through time will go back to normal. And that's why this thing ends. Christmas this year will be below Christmas of 2019 in terms of uh, retail sales. But that doesn't mean that the 312 isn't rising. And it doesn't mean that the three month moving total isn't rising. They will be. And they will be moving up in response to increased freedom of movement, increased confidence and increased spending. Now that question also relates to uh, unemployment. Uh, questions and it also relates to questions about housing. What about high unemployment? Isn't that going to uh, screw everything up? Well, if it was uh, 2010, yes, uh, but this isn't 2010. This is not a long-term fundamental economic issue like a liquidity crisis. This is about a fear that will fade as the numbers fade. And this is about a government shutdown which just slammed the economy to a halt and then we're just going to put the breakers back on in the factory, but we have to do it in a measured way so we don't blow the power source. And as we do that, we're going to see we ramp up fairly quickly. And that housing, uh, while it will soften in terms of the housing starts 12-month moving total in the second half of this year, maybe into early 21, uh, it's not going to break into a, a real declining trend. The 12-12 rate of change for housing is not going to go negative. It's not going to continue on its current trajectory either. I believe we talked about that because of the, the reasons we talked about in the webinar. So you're going to see that retail sales is impacted by unemployment, but people are going to get their jobs back faster. Housing is uh, faster than we've seen in the past. This was an immediate layoff. But as the switch is thrown, businesses start up again, they're going to start hiring again in pretty strong waves. Not as fast as the layoffs, but they will be bringing them back because the economy will be growing again and they're going to need their people. Think of your industry. Will you all of a sudden be able to do with 25% less people? Would you be able to do with 15% less people? Well, if you can, congratulations. If you want to know where you should be aggressive with a management uh, objective, you should certainly be uh, looking to uh, automation and how you can reduce the labor count so that you can be ready for the increased labor costs of the future. Uh, infrastructure was another spending. Uh, that's a future webinar issue because that's a long question. The question uh, was basically, do we see one coming? And the answer is yes. So I will answer the question. The impact, what it means and what we can expect from it is a longer answer that we will postpone to another date. But I will answer the question, yes, there seems to be one coming because both parties seem to want it. 
the question came in also about personal checks versus SBA loans, which is better for the economy? Which, where do you get the bigger bang for the buck? Uh, that's a tough question because each one isolated leaves out an important segment of the, of the population. Uh, I don't know which, uh, I have not run the numbers to determine which would be better. If I had to guess, and it's only a guess, I would say you help businesses, that helps people because there's hiring and, and there's uh, wages flowing and all the rest of that. And so you don't need to send out as many checks to individuals if you never laid them off in the first place or if you keep people from getting laid off. But nevertheless, I really like the idea that they had uh, about hitting both sides, small businesses and individuals and large businesses, as well as state and local governments. So the answer is really a both, but if I had to pick one, I think I would side uh, on the side of business. Uh, loan accessibility and its impact on housing, uh, that's a great question also. The loan accessibility is an issue with this fear of uh, illiquidity, with this fear that people's jobs are in jeopardy, banks have tightened up and that is going to hurt uh, housing and that's part of our forecast that I just described to you. It's a real issue, but that eases on the other side. This is not a forever in place or years in place kind of move. So people were buying houses before, they wanted houses before, it looked good before, it's gonna look good again in the future and I don't think it'll take as long as a lot of people think. I was asked about commercial aircraft. Well, commercial aircraft, uh, itself and parts will end the year uh, about 12.3% below 2019. And that slide is just gonna last through most of 21. Uh, there was a question about Boeing specifically. I don't forecast Boeing prices. I don't forecast Boeing. We forecast aircraft and parts. It's a tough world to be in now through the rest of this year and well into 21. And as far as aircraft equipment, which is separate from aircraft itself, uh, same scenario though. You're gonna be seeing a slide in that till late 21. You're gonna see a a steep year-over-year uh, -year drop in 2020. This is not going to be a happy place for you. If you're looking for a third quarter rebound, fourth quarter rebound, like we're anticipating for GDP, I'm sorry, uh, it's just not going not to happen. When we look at the automobile industry, uh, it's a better picture. Yes, it's in decline. Yes, there have been shutdowns. Uh, and yes, automobile retail sales have plummeted. My gosh, what an ugly number for March, and I doubt it's going to get any better anytime soon. So sure, we're going to see a double-digit decline in automobile production uh, in the U.S., we're talking about for 2020. We're likely to see a 12-12 low late in 2020, so watch that in, uh, and watch the automobile production in the uh, trends report. Look for a 312 low to signal that that 1212 low is coming. If that 1212 low follows and, and it happens this year, then you're going to know that production will start coming back. Uh, the 12 month moving total for automobile production in the United States will probably reach a low in early 21. Watch for those rates of change to uh, signal that. It's also asked about non residential constructions, particularly, I'm going to talk about commercial construction. Uh, we're going to see a decline there. It's going to be uh, forced uh, by government action. It'll be forced by economic actions and responses. The 12-month moving average there, which is the amount of spending going on in commercial construction, is going to decline through this year into probably early 2021, which should have and a question. Another question was on values. If con con commercial construction is in decline on construction, it's a demand issue or a financing issue. Uh, in, in some localities, that'll be a good thing because if it's a busy part of the country still, despite what's going on, then your commercial values will go up because of limited options. 
if you're in a really hard hit part of the country, if you're in New York, you know, your values are not going to be going up uh, because businesses will remain shut. I was asked whether I thought New York or New Jer and New Jersey would lag the general economic turnaround. It's entirely possible, uh, given the severity of the problem there and how your governors may be uh, slower to release step-by-step uh, -step baby steps so that they can judge the impact on the health of the populations. We don't forecast individual GDPs that closely, but it would seem to be a, a very logical conclusion. Do we think there'll be drastic changes in commodity prices? No, uh, of course, commodity prices are soft now and they're, that's expected with no demand. But with a global pickup in activity later this year, there's not gonna come this sharp increase in commodity prices because it's not gonna be all that sharp of a rising trend in many countries, uh, like in many regions like Europe. So expect some upward pressure on commodity prices, but do not expect it to uh, blow through the roof. Um, you know, when we look at the, the uh, forecast, um, you know, it, it, we get questions, I'm stumbling because I'm trying to figure out how to word the, uh, the question. Uh, it comes under the heading from some folks, are vaccines necessary for this forecast? And I think that's the best way to put it. We did not forecast based on the fact that there would be a vaccine. If there's a vaccine in six to eight months, I would be some kind of amazed. I would be pleased for lots of people, but it's not necessary for uh, the economy to come back because COVID is most likely like any other, uh, anything else that's come down the pike. It uh, flares and then it goes away. And like flus, which I've mentioned before, it may come back again. And if there are vaccines then and, and we can get vaccinated against it, great, but it's not necessary to the forecast. Somebody asked about Disney and going in June. Uh, if you're listening to this, I doubt it, uh, but you never know. Disney is a remarkable place. They're losing a lot of money every day. And if anybody can pull it off, uh, it's probably gonna be them. Airline industry hurting through the rest of this year, as somebody asked about automobiles, retail sales, tough spot to be in. Certainly right now, they're not making great deals, even though they they're, uh, have nothing in the way of uh, floor activity and not that much internet traffic. I think one of the big questions we've gotten also, and I'm gonna end with this one, was that will we see a manufacturing resurgence in the US because of this? And it was brought up about the medical supplies and pharmaceuticals and all the rest of that. And um, I'm gonna give that a cautious, you bet. Uh, I don't wanna oversell it, I don't wanna overstate it, but it would seem like a natural follow-on to this. Like, you know, supply chain was disrupted if we had just stayed here, we wouldn't have this problem. So I think you're gonna find more interest in North American sourcing, not just US sourcing. And I wanna be careful to emphasize that. Canada and Mexico will also benefit from this. And I think firms will be saying, you know, we're done playing this game. Uh, this was a real pain in the neck. It didn't work out well. We turned to domestic suppliers uh, when we had problems uh, at first out of China and uh, perhaps we'll continue to have problems if there's more international fighting between the two nations. So what we're going to find, I think, is more nations going, let's go back to the U.S. There's a question about that when it came to the automotive industry. Uh, Detroit U.S. manufacturing pivoted back to some domestic sources and wanted pricing, though, like they were long-term clients and wanted the same deals as if they're long-term clients. Uh, there's a reason why a lot of people stop doing business with Detroit. It's not always easy, and they can beat you up pretty badly. To the extent that you can negotiate a good deal, I think you're going to find there's, uh, for a while, 
uh, more acceptance and more desire for domestic manufacturing in that industry and in others. But people have short-term memories, you know. It may not be long before they go, you know what, that was great. Uh, that's faded. Glad that's over with. And uh, they'll start thinking about overseas again. May not be China, by the way. It could be Vietnam. It could be uh, any number of places in the, in the world. But the reality is, in a few years, it could be more infrastructure spending in different parts of Asia. And you'll have to work uh, to keep that business here in the United States, hence the need for automation and low-cost production. Uh, we are... Uh, asked if, our, if you know, this is a, a guarantee, if this is a for sure, uh, of course not, but it does seem logical, doesn't it, that we would see a resurgence in interest in North American sourcing uh, for safety's sake. Whether it's mandated more by government or by executive order, eh, we'll see about that. That's a very difficult thing to try to forecast, very difficult thing to enforce uh, businesses. A lot of businesses would be very unhappy about it. So I guess we'll all just wait and see on that one. All right, thank you very much for giving me this way to answer your questions. It was much more expedient. I hope you found it helpful. And thank you again for being part of our webinar. Again, the TR Trends Report, excuse me, trial is available to you. TR space trial 33777. Uh, that'll cost you nothing. And I also encourage you please to use the Datacast for two weeks for free so that you can see how your numbers compare to the information that's in the trends report so you can see what those leading indicators, what those industry forecasts mean to you. All right, thank you again. I wish you all a great day and good health.